0: The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 18th, 2021.
1: The woman in your life who will do what she must do To comfort you and calm you down And let you rest now The woman in your life She can rest so easily She does everything you do
2: Because the woman in your life is you. Welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Well, I have a special guest today. Joining me on the phone will be Pat Sabo, who is the Democratic Party Chair of the Central Committee for the Democratic Party of Sonoma County. And we're going to be talking about the Democratic Party Central Committee and an upcoming election to uh, select the members that will serve on those committees. Uh, today is January 18th. And for some, it's a holiday, and for some, it's a work day. But most important, it is the day that we celebrate the birth of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who was born actually on January 15, 1929, in Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia. And sadly, oh boy, I remember that day as if it was just right here, was assassinated and died on April fourth, 1968, in Memphis, Uh, Tennessee. His birthday is celebrated every year on the third Monday of the month in January, and I'm going to be playing a six-minute version of his I Have a Dream speech during our first break. Actually, that was a 16-minute speech, but I was really, really happy to be able to find uh, a short version that I would like to play everybody. I mean, it was so powerful listening to uh, Democracy Now! today and hearing him say that if he he had sneezed, he would have died. You know, each day is such a precious gift. It really is. You know, a simple thing like a sneeze could have taken him out. I mean, all the different things that happen to us as human beings. We should take a moment and just say, hey, I'm here today. Today is the first day of the rest of my life. I mean, all we may, all we really have is the moment right now. And just enjoy it. Look around. Look around your house. Look around whatever you're doing. Take a moment to appreciate. Appreciate your life. I mean, life is such a short journey. I mean, I can't believe how quickly it is all going by. But it goes by. And each and every day we have an opportunity to feel good, to do good. And to be good, you know, make some good trouble. You know, today is Martin Luther King's birthday. You know, he was a symbol of of peace, of of integration, of of people coming together as a people, loving one another for who they are, not judging each other by the color of our skin. All the things that he brought forward. Take a moment. Take a moment to enjoy that such a man even came onto this planet to remind us that nonviolence is the key to peace. Nonviolence is the key to love. Well, I want to do a special shout out to all my friends out there. And yesterday, I had the, it was just, it was just a great experience, is all I can say. You know, we were, we did a free virtue. they did a free virtual event online via Zoom, uh, celebrating a Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, birthday. And the theme was, where do we go from here? Chaos or community? Where do we go from here? Chaos, our community. And, you know, we are in a lot of chaos now. You know, I do not understand for the life of me what is going on in this country, that there is so much hate, so much mistrust. I mean, it's mind-boggling to me. I mean, it really is. And I think we all need to take a time out we need to ask ourselves, who are we as a people? Who are we as a country? You know, I was watching, I've been watching, I can't, I can't get off of YouTube for some reason. I keep watching all these different events. And I say to myself, why, what is happening here? People broke into our capital to kill our elected officials? I mean, this is not our country. We really have to take stock of it, and you know, I was in Washington D.C. and I saw the Capitol, and I can't. It was it's so accessible. You just walk in, you see all the pictures, you you know that you're greeted. I mean, it was an amazing experience. Now they have it all fenced off. I mean, it's almost like we're in in a war zone there. I mean, maybe they are. I mean, that is pretty pretty sad what's happening, and particularly around Dr. King's birthday, because he was a man who talked about peace. He talked about freedom. He talked about loving one another, accepting one another, living together on this planet Earth together in peace. It's mind-boggling, and I know, you know, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a great-grandmother now, I ask myself, what kind of future? What kind of future is ahead of us? You know, each and every day, we invest in the future. What we do today is what tells us what's going to happen tomorrow. And I think it's very important that we all ask ourselves the question, what kind of country do we want? And to our elected officials, you know, this is not just some arbitrary thing that happened. This is a buildup. This is a buildup of people feeling that they're not part of and they look, they seek, they find, they want to find a group where they can fit in and feel that they have a place in the world. You know, we need to make sure our, our people are fed, our people have homes, our people have jobs, our people have a decent wage. My prayer for our new president coming in is that he really sees that. And Pamela Harris is a woman. I mean, her, her children call her Mamala. I love that. She's an adopted mother. She has two to her husband, had several children, and she's their, she's their mother. She's become their mother. So she is a mother. And I know if you have a mother's heart, you want the best for your children. And what you want is peace and love. Lots to think about. Well, I kind of lost track here because I wanted to do a little shout-out about what happened with this wonderful Zoom event. Where do we go from here? Chaos, our community. And the program featured a woman by the name of, uh, let's see, Dondelisa Appernathy. She's the daughter of the civil rights leader Ralph David Appernathy. And she gave, she did a film, uh, you know, a slide presentation of what went on during the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s. And it was stunning. It was stunning to see. I mean, I remember as a young person, I remember watching television and I remember the first time that I saw dogs being turned on people, barking and and intimidating them, young children running. And I thought to myself, my God, this is not our country. The same way I felt when I watched the television about these people breaking into our capital. This is not our country. And here we are some many, many years later, and look, at we're still in the same boat. We're still hating one one another. We're still judging each other by the color of our skin, by the neighborhoods we live in, by our gender. I mean, when does it stop? Do we have to get to the point that they got in the civil rights movement when they bombed that church and those four little girls were killed? I mean, that broke my heart. I mean, to this day, I tried to sit down and watch the film Selma. I can't. And then having Dr. King be shot, I'll never forget that day. I was at work when I came over the radio. It was a horror. How could this happen to this great man? How did it happen to Robert Kennedy, another great man? How did it happen to John F. Kennedy, who was trying in his own way, wanted to end the war? All these things, all these people killed so unnecessarily, so sadly. I mean, not only are their families affected, but a whole nation is affected. And when she showed and talked about her experience as a young girl growing up and, and her father being so involved in the civil rights movement, some of the struggles and some of the horrors they went through, I asked myself, how come? You know, I ask myself the same question when I look at the Holocaust in Nazi Germany. How did this happen? Who are these people that do things like this? Who are these people that are so willing to kill, to to beat people up? You know, I was thinking about Colin Kaepernick and him taking the knee. And all the the horrors about, oh, my God, he's disrespecting the American flag and on and on and on and people carrying on like you think that he committed murder or something or genocide. How come we're not getting the same reaction from people when we hear about that man who beat a policeman in the Capitol building with an American flag? That is disrespecting the flag, killing somebody, holding our symbol of freedom in his hand. There's a lot to think about folks. Well, back to my little shout out here. It does it takes it takes a village to do these things, to put on an event, this Zoom event. It was on for almost 2 hours, a little over 2 hours and just some wonderful, wonderful speakers. It was uh it it, it, it I was I was so moved. I was so moved. Dr. Jacqueline Lawrence. I mean, she really gave us a speech and asked us to pay attention to what we're doing, to who we are, and what we can be. If we would just take a moment to reflect inside. You know, we judge people by so many different things. And the worst thing of it all is we judge somebody by the color of their skin. You know, I was brought up Jewish, and I know what it's like to be persecuted, But the difference between being Jewish and being African-American is I'm white. I can change my name. I can change my neighborhood. I could change my hairdo. I could change all kinds of things and and pass off for whatever way I want. An African-American person can't do that. But why are we judging by such superficial things like the outer? It's always important to judge somebody by their inner, who they are as a person, what they do as a person, how they make you feel. You know, I looked at some of those rioters and I said, they didn't make me feel good by what they were doing. They didn't make me feel proud. They made me feel ashamed and they made me feel scared. Scared for the future of our country, scared for the future of our children and their future. And trust me, children are crying all over the place. I mean, look at these young children. You know, someone, someone said something very interesting on the air that I found very fascinating. I never quite thought of it this way. UPS can track all their packages. I mean, you can ship something, they give you a number, and you can call up and find out exactly where that package is. How come we can't track those children that were taken from their parents at the border? There is something wrong here that these children were just whacked away and no record keeping. I mean, it's it's a phenomenon to me that I don't understand. Well, there's a lot to think about. And the most important thing that we have to think about is that we are standing on the shoulders of many, many people. That's why I always go into the segment, our history is our strength. Because there are many, many women who paved the way for us who have done things that were phenomenal so we could take steps, positive steps into the future, positive steps into developing products, into developing medicines, technology. I mean, look at the technology we have. I mean, we could have peace across the planet in one minute, just make a decision that we're going to do it, announce it on Facebook, and everybody starts talking about it, and before you know it, we're moving towards it. Of course, maybe that's just a fantasy because imagine all the guns that people have to put down, all the attitudes that have to change. I mean, it's not as simple as that. I recognize that. But it's nice to have a fantasy every once in a while to think, yeah, all they have to do is announce it and then we're going to have peace. Won't that be glorious? Won't that be a glorious day when all of a sudden people said, the heck with this. We're putting down our guns. We're gonna meet, we're gonna go to the United Nations and we're gonna figure out how we can all live together on this on this magical, mystical planet that we live on in the middle of this universe. You know, folks, when you look in the Hubble can uh Hubble telescope, you can't even see the earth. It's so small and insignificant. But it's not significant insignificant while you're living on it. And there's so much for us to have on this beautiful, beautiful earth. Well, let's go into our history as our strength. Today is January 18th, but we're going to go back one day to January 17th. January 17th, 1939, we're going to say happy birthday to Martha Cortera. She was a pioneering Chicana feminist, author of two texts, Diocese e Humbre and Chicana Feminist. And she's a founding member of Raza United Party in Texas in 1969. And she's one of the mothers of the Chicana feminism movement. You know, it's amazing, all these different movements, all these different women of all different classes, all different persuasions, all different religions, all different ethnic groups. I mean, that's what makes the world, that's what makes the United States so darn interesting, that we are just such a mixed bag of so many things. I mean, if you just go down restaurant row, you can see all the different, all the different cultures that are part of our country. I mean, that's what's so unique about us. And that's why it's so important that we come together. Well, happy birthday also on January 19th. She was born in 1905, but she made her, uh, her departure in 1995 is Ovetta Chip Hobby. She was the second woman in the United States Cabinet, 20 years after Frances Perkins. Frances Perkins was the first woman that uh, uh, Roosevelt appointed as a labor secretary. And 20 years later, this woman, Overta Culp Hobby, became the first secretary of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare in 1953. And she was awarded the Distinguished Medal of Service for her work as director of the Women's Army Corps in 19. 19- 45. You know it's it's so interesting. I mean this is this woman was was born in 1905 and made her transition in 1995. And here in 1953 she was awarded the Distinguished Medal of Health, Education and Welfare. Amazing. Amazing. Another birthday we have is Julia Morgan. And, and, you know, Julia Morgan is very interesting. She was born in 1872, and she made her transition in 1957. She was actually the, one of the first licensed female architects in California. She was uh, one of the innovative architects of the Hearst Castle and over 700 other buildings. Amazing. Amazing! I had no idea that there was a woman that was so involved in building that and designing the Hearst Castle. So much, so much to learn these days. And my last woman is was born on January 21st, 1905 and made her transition in 1996. She was Agnes Morgan. She published material on French artists. Uh, despite... Restrictions on Her Movement Because She Was a Woman, Director at Harvard's Fogg Art Museum from 1969 to 1971, and she mentored many, many female scholars. Well, happy birthday to these women. And, you know, we're standing on the shoulders of so many great women. And let me tell you something, it wasn't easy for them to achieve what they achieved. Well, you know, human beings, we like to celebrate, and I want to check up and see every once in a while what's being on the, uh, celebrated. And since today is uh, January 18th, and we're celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. birthday, I thought I'd look up and see if there's any. Other things that are interesting, and I couldn't believe it. Today we celebrate Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. I mean, that was one of my favorite, favorite stories that I used to read my daughter when she was a little, when she was a little girl. And, and I, I said, Winnie the Pooh Day? Now, why would they do that? And so I start doing some research and I found out, the first thing I found out, that there's several things that you're supposed to do on Winnie the Pooh Day. (laughs) First of all, you're supposed to read aloud stories from Winnie the Pooh. Then you're supposed to learn about the original black bear named Winnie. And then they make a little suggestion. Another thing you do is you look up to see who the real black bear was. Who was Winnie the Pooh? Well, Winnie the Pooh. Was named, was given to a female black bear who lived at the London Zoo from 1915 until her death in 1934. Another woman that makes it. She was rescued by the Calvary, by Calvary, uh, the veterinarian Henry, Harry Colburn. And Winnie is best remembered for inspiring A.A. Milline and E. H. Shepard's character Winnie the Pooh and it's interesting that these people go by their initials it was hard to find any names and like Holborn with another interesting part about Winnie the Pooh is that this happened, it was written after World War 1 and a lot of veterans came back with a severe PTSD. In fact, actually, not only the PTSD, they also had to deal with the with the uh, Spanish flu that happened during that time. So, what happened was Coburn, like Milan, had served in World War One, and they they were at this place called a Hundred Acre Wood, which was a san- a sanctuary in 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 uh, in Britain, and. It was a way for them to get away and to rest and to relax and to recover from the horrors of World War II. And they end up coming to this place. And uh, he wrote, Maline wrote this Winnie the Pooh series that became very popular with children. It's been popular for, God, over 100 years now. So congratulations. Today is not only Martin Luther King's birthday, but Winnie the Pooh. And also... Uh, Winnie the Pooh Day, and also another reminder: Winnie the Pooh was a story written out of the horrors of war. And if you go onto the internet, you can find out. I'm, I didn't, I didn't write it down. I didn't have. I'm not going to have enough time to do it. But you can see all the different characters and what psychological impact the war had on these people is comes alive on some of the characters in Winnie the Pooh. In fact, I'm going to go back and look at it and look at it from that perspective. It's very, very interesting. Well, I have an announcement to make, and that is uh, the National... Organization for Women, Sonoma County Chapter, will be having a membership meeting, uh, this Thursday, January 21st, from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. Uh, the chapter needs community participation and members of their, uh, for, and also members for their executive committee. So what I would like you to do is go to www.nowsonoma.org and you can find all the information out. And also, um, just to let you know that, again, uh, there's a donation drive for the House list, and that's happening at the Justi- the uh, Peace and Justice Center, and they're located at 467 Sebastopol Avenue, and it happens every Tuesday. That's tomorrow from 3 to 5. One last announcement. Well, Wednesday is the inauguration of our new president, Joseph Biden, and our new vice president, Kamala Harris. And... We should all be in a state of prayer that is peaceful and it goes well. And I want to congratulate both of them. And my prayer is that we as a company, excuse me, as a country come together and support them. You know, this has been one of the hardest elections in our lives. This has been one of the hardest times that I have lived in my country to see some of these things that are happening. And hopefully once the inauguration happens and once people settle down and Biden starts doing the work and he's got to do some serious thinking about where our nation is going and what he can do to help its people. Well, instead of a musical break right now, I found a six-minute clip that I think is worth listening to. It's part of the I Have a Dream. I Have a Dream speech by Dr. Martin Luther King. And I I think even though I know we're listening to a lot of speeches, but you know something, we need to be reminded. I mean, I love this I Have a Dream speech. I love some of the things that he says in it. So what you need to do is pay attention. Pay attention to those words because those words are just as true today as they were the day that he gave the speech. When we return, I will be talking with Pat Sabo, who is the uh, chair of the Central Committee of the Democratic Party here in Sonoma County. Okay, let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play that Martin Luther King speech, and let's come back, and we will be talking with Pat Sabo.
3: The Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream was given on August 28, 1963. The words of Reverend King echoed long after his death in '68. This memorable day was in Washington, D.C., a hot afternoon, when he spoke before a crowd of 200,000 overlooking the reflecting pool from the Lincoln Memorial. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities. Knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring. From the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania,
2: yes. let freedom ring.
3: From the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado,
2: yes, let freedom ring. I just love that when he talked about the children holding hands, coming together, all colors, all religion, all races. I mean, it just, I mean, here it is, how many years, and I can still listen to that speech, and I, it just brings tears to my eyes as I remember listening to all the speeches and all that was going on during that time. Happy birthday, Dr. King. It's a blessing that you were born. For folks just joining us, I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the the opinions of Women's Spaces. Welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Pat Sabo, party chair of the Central Committee for the Democratic Party of Sonoma County. Pat, welcome to Women's Spaces.
0: On this this day in which, you know, um, we complete... A weekend of honoring uh, Dr. King.
2: I know. It just, you know, when I listened to that speech, I, I just, I, you know, I couldn't even announce the, 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 the uh, you know, to remind my listeners that the opinion here are not necessary. The opinion, I, I just, I kind of got lost in it. But anyway, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. And before we start, I would like to tell my listeners just a little bit about you. Is that okay? Oh, yes. Uh, Pat Sabo is a resident of Sonoma County since 1973. You know, that's exactly when I moved up here also, Pat. Uh, Pat Sabo is the party chair of the Central Committee for the Democratic Party of Sonoma County. And before that, before that, she was a teacher. Talk about a little bit. I mean, you, you were where, where was where were you teaching, Pat? Well, I actually taught my entire
0: career from 1976 through 2013 in the Healdsburg Unified District, and um, I taught uh, junior high school level my entire career.
2: Well, then then you began working with the Democratic uh, Central Committee in 2002. How did that happen? How did you get involved? How did you get involved with that?
0: Well, you know, I'm... Have been a lifelong Democrat and uh, was attending one of the um, crab feeds, annual crab feeds that we hold, and um, was approached by um, a fellow teacher and uh, Democratic advocate, who many people probably will remember. Her name was Roberta Hollowell, and um, she approached me about serving as on the committee. Um, because uh, Patty Berg, who at that time was our uh, assembly person, um, needed a ex officio alternate. And so I, you know, thought, well, yeah, I think I, I need to step up and start doing more for the party. And so I served in capacity as, as Assemblywoman Berg's alternate um, for six years. And then I stepped down, took a reprieve, so to speak. And then came back to the Central Committee, uh, in, uh, 2000, I believe it was 2013.
2: Well, you know, as a democrat, before we go into the central committee, I I mean, I can't believe what what happened to me just listening to that speech. It just it just put me into a, a whole other space and I began to think, you know, about what is happening. You know, as a democrat, how how do you feel about all this commotion that's happening right now with what happened at the Capitol and then here we have the inauguration coming up on Wednesday.
0: You know, to to be perfectly frank here, Elaine, um I would hope that this is not how I feel as a Democrat but how I feel as an American and I I think that you know perhaps maybe this is you know kind of outrageous for me as the chair of the Democratic Party to say but we really have to start looking at at the issues that are in front of us as Americans Um, the Democratic Party is a party that we believe um, addresses the social injustices, the economic injustices that are, are the prevailing um, causes of the outburst that occurred um, on the 6th. And as a Democrat, I feel that we finally have an opportunity to address these issues, be honest about them, and um, start making policies that can change the attitude of a strong attitude of, of one of the things we have found out probably one third of this country.
2: Well, it's a it's it's an amazing time, you know, it really is. And and when they did the Martin Luther King uh, presentation uh, yesterday over the Zoom, they had. Uh, Abernathy's daughter, Donna Lisa Abernathy, on. Yes. And she did that, uh, that whole slide presentation. And it was, it was so stunning to me to see that because I looked there, I kept thinking about what was happening on the Capitol. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We need to take a time out as a country and we need to, like you said, start looking at the issues and start looking at reality and put The country and people first before the corporations, before the money, before all those things. But look at how we can build our country and bring our people together again. So I think it's very important, and I thank you for saying that. And and you know what? Why I'm having you on is because the central committee is the central committee. It is the we have a national central committee, and then you have all these different local central committees. And these are the decision makers. These are the people that make recommendations. These are the people who decide who is going to run for president. These are the people who are deciding, actually, the, almost the future of our country. And I'm amazed how ignorant I personally am about it and I i don't mean to say this egotistically but I feel because we're on the radio and we're always doing a lot of research, I always think if I'm ignorant, everybody else must be ignorant about it. So I thought it would be very important to talk about it, to give people some background and I know there's an election coming up and, and what, what the process is. So why don't you talk a little bit about your background on the committee and what it is, what are the responsibilities and do all counties like do all do all counties have a central committee? I mean, how does it work? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's
0: start at the fact that um, in California we have a California uh, Democratic Central Committee, and which falls under obviously the uh, California Democratic Party. But the California Democratic Central Committee is is the um, uh, lawmaking, so to speak. Body of the Democratic Party here in California. Um, so each county does have a central committee. That central committee then falls under the big umbrella of the um, California Central Committee, and as such, you have representation. Every, central, every county central committee has rep- representation on the state party uh, central committee. Uh, we meet annually at a convention in which platform is um, determined, policies are determined, any changes in bylaws, resolutions are determined. Um, we determine who we as a party will endorse at state level level. Um, offices and national offices so to be a member of any county central committee you have to be duly elected and our elections um, fall under California election code and they take place in the presidential primary every four years so in March of 2020 which was our presidential primary we had an election for members of the county central committee we have to duly qualify as does any elected um, representative in the state of california you have to file you have to um, uh, take around a petition in which you must gather uh, signatures and those signatures must be from valid democratic um, registrants and they must be they must reside in the count in the district. Excuse me, the district of which you are represented, and that district would be the board of supervisor district in which you reside. So I will give as an example myself. I live in uh, board of supervisor district four. Therefore, prior to the um, election, I went down to the uh, office of voter registration. I filed my candidacy papers. I was given a petition to take around and gather duly um, noted signatures. I got those signatures, I turned them back in. They were then validated by the Office of Voter Registration. And as a result, I qualified to be on the ballot for the primary in March. Now, if you do not have um, candidates greater than the number of slots open, you don't appear on the primary ballot you will automatically um, take office and that's what happened in uh that is what happened in every one of our districts in some of our in some of our districts we actually did not even have um, enough candidates to fill all of the open slots so at our last week ago tomorrow our, um, our january election excuse me our january central committee we elected those members to fill the open slots and um, that those openings became available to the public we put it on our website we put uh, on our social media pages we actually even had a press release that was in the press democrat I am happy to say that um, we had some very highly competitive elections for the open seats. and so now we have our complete roster of members for the Central committee. And um, we are allotted twenty three members on our central committee, in addition, um, the seven alternates uh, to our elected. and every member on our central committee, is also allowed an alternate, and that alternate would vote in the case that the member was absent from a meeting.
2: So, so what you're saying is that you have, generally speaking, you have an election. It, it's it's during the primary, so you only elect people for the central committee during when there's a, actually a presidential election going on. It's not like an annual thing or anything like that. No, it,
0: they serve four years.
2: So they serve, oh, so it, so it goes according to when we're having an election. Oh, that that's interesting. And then the, the way you say that they're announced on different uh, different venues. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting because I know there was some, I was getting some sort of ballot or something uh, that I saw. Okay. What yeah. was that this all is, about? This
0: is, well, what that is, is so now you take what the ballot you are referring to was to elect delegates. To the state central committee.
2: Oh, the state. Okay, so I see. So there's the there's the there's the county central committee. Then there's the state yep. central committee, and then there's the national.
0: Yeah. Well, the national is not a central committee. It's it's you know it's the national committee, and the only way you get membership upon that is to be a DNC member. So I'll get into that in a moment. But but just to clarify that, <coughs> excuse me, the the um, state central committee. There are right now just over 3,000 members, delegate members, who qualify duly for the California State Central Committee. That membership is um, determined by a set number from each county central committee and elected members from the assembly districts. And the ballot that you received was for the assembly district, and in each assembly district, you are uh, allotted uh, fourteen members. So, and they they go equal uh, representation by gender.
2: Okay, so let me ask you a question. Say, for example, I'm on the on the on on this committee that's going that's uh-huh. part of the uh, the state committee. Uh-huh. And, and I get an idea. I want to. I want to see something happen. So I would bring it up to that committee that I'm on, right? Then there might well, be. Well, y- yes. And there yes. might be. There might be some discussion, and then they vote, and then they make recommendations to the. In other words, they're not the, the decision body, but they go up to the next level to they influence the next level. as I think that's yes. what you're saying. Okay, that's absolutely
0: correct. It's it's you know it kind of parallels how um, government works you know how you have elected representatives and they present the bills for you know the the year or if it goes into a two-year cycle this is this is you know how the central the local central committees work we take resolutions um, and we could pass a resolution we could then ask um, that the resolution that we passed, Be presented at the state convention to be adopted by the state central committee. So there are that that is part of the entire process. So you Um, can one of the things that people need to understand here is that if if you have um, a an idea and a resolution you want to present to the county central committee, then what you should do is reach out to
2: us okay so then there's another level <laughs> there's, uh-huh. a, there's another level there's not only the elected level but there's also meetings where people can show up and say look at this they can complain or they can offer suggestions or it's almost like it's almost like a city council meeting would you say would you put it in that you know where you can come and 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 have a place do you have to do you have to call and get on the agenda or do they have public?
0: Yeah, well actually we we do not fall under the brown act so, um, what we do is, if if you want to speak, you can always speak in our public comment section, where you're allowed, you know, three minutes, and and um, on as on any um, public meeting. But the suggestion that I would have is to reach out to um, persons who serve as members on the. Central Committee, and if you don't know who they are, then reach out to the county party itself and say, "Look, I I really would like to um, consider you to consider this particular resolution um, for the California State Party."
2: Well, that's what we
0: usually would. What we what we would do then is we would designate that to one of our standing subcommittees who would invite you to present and speak to. And if that standing subcommittee then determined that they wanted it to go forward to the county committee, more than likely you would be invited to speak to it to the entire committee.
2: So in listening to all this... I want to to just kind of pare it down. What I would recommend to my listeners, because there's so much involved here. I mean, I just really appreciate the overview. It's giving giving us some understanding. But if people are really concerned and really want to find out, then the best suggestion is to call the local Democratic Party, get information on who, who who are on these committees, and try to contact them and see if there's something that they can work with you. Yeah. So, so because oftentimes, you know, one of the things about democracy that, that is so important and people do not recognize, you know, we, we think we go to the polls and we elect somebody and that's the end of it. And then when they don't do what we want, we all go, ma ma we're constantly complaining. These are ways that we can give input to our elected officials. This is a channel that can get up and help to make some changes. I mean, that, that's what I'm hearing.
0: Absolutely, and I, you know, I really, appreciate what you said about what we do. Is you know, the the first duty, and, and in many ways, I consider it the minimum duty we have, is to vote. Um, unfortunately, it looks like it's become, in many cases, what people consider their maximum duty is to vote. And um,
2: no, I think it's the we, I think it's I think it's the first step, but the the next step yes. is the involvement step.
0: Yes, and I think what we have done is is the quote-unquote, I always, I always remind people, I say, you know, look at the first words of the Constitution, we the people, we the people, we the people. It doesn't say the executive branch has the right to, the legislative branch will do. It doesn't say that. It is we the people. And we have, in many cases, abdicated that responsibility of governmental duties. And um, I, that's one of the reasons that I am actively engaged within the Democratic Party, is because I take to heart that Constitution that says, we the people.
2: Well, you know, it's really interesting. You know, when you talk about the Constitution and you talk about elected officials, you know, when I served on the Human Rights Commission, I'll never forget it. And and of course, you know who Mike McGuire is. You you supported him when he was, in, I believe, in high school. But should, should I
0: should I put in my my two cents worth now and tell everybody that and he was one of my uh, students in. Uh, my eighth grade math class yeah
2: we'll give you a shout out for that you did a good job give you know you, a you know that's another thing you know that, you know there's so many things I want to talk to you about you know and I, I I think I really have some some clarity on that on that Central committee now and I think I think the most important thing I hope people walk away with is if you want to find out about it, there is a venue. You can go and talk to your Democratic Party. And the, And I know we do, do. Does the Democratic Party here, particularly in Sonoma County, do they have offices or telephone numbers that you can call? or? Webs-
0: yeah, well, actually what we do is um, we close our office. What we do is usually every two years, every election, election cycle, we will open a, um, an office um, we just closed in uh, mid-November um, our office that we held in uh, downtown Santa Rosa, and we had it open for over a year for the 2020 election. Um, but we do have uh, ways in which you can reach us. Um, our website is org. Um, And I'm going to put a caveat on that right now, and that is that it is currently down and will probably be back up in February. And um, without getting into too much detail, I will tell you that um, it was taken down due to the instance that occurred on January 6th.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. You know, it's it's very very interesting, and also, you know, I've reached out to the Republican Party. I've, I get no response. You know, uh-huh. w- I wanted to talk more about about challenges and all that other stuff. But but yeah. as I as I. Did the script, and I, I know I sent you all those questions over the, over the, in, uh, via email. I began thinking about what happened at the Capitol, how people oh. were saying they were taking over our house, you know, we're protecting yeah. democracy, I mean, all the different things. And one of the things that really got real blatant to me was I asked myself, I wonder if these people took a civics class. And so they understand what our Constitution is, what it is to be an American. You know, I remember when, you know, I mean, I, I'm from the old school, you know, before I could graduate, I had to take a civics class. And then, uh, then Ken and I found out that there's civics one, which is just a general, and then there's civics two that gives you more in depth. So my, my thought is at this point is, number one, what are some of your challenges on the committee that you feel that, that maybe kind of hold you back or you'd like to go forward or maybe there's some changes that need to be made what are some of the challenges you meet in that area but also what is your opinion I mean I don't think and I'm not sure but I don't think we have civics in our high schools anymore and I know when before I could graduate I had to take civics so I'm wondering what is your thought on that What what, what is the feeling about the civics and about educating our young people You know, it's an interesting
0: question, and and, um, having been an educator, uh, I'm going to, you know, kind of respond in the following. I think that there's a a, a great misconception as to what um, our students actually know and don't know. And I think probably if you gave a civics test to uh, some of those people that were rioting at the Capitol and you gave a civics test to a senior in high school, That senior in high school would pass the civics test, but that rioter would not. So um, most of our high schools offer civics. It is not a state requirement, I understand. It used to be, but um, it falls under the purview of a local district and the requirements that they have for graduation. And I'm pretty sure that almost every high school in Sonoma County requires a civics class as um, high school graduation requirement. So, uh, you know, I think I think that we're shortchanging um, a lot of our young people as to what they know and don't know of, about how this government runs. Um, unfortunately, what happens, as you well know, I mean, you can look at data. One of the most shocking um, sets of information that I have found out is that um, – the majority of people who graduated from high school have read less than two books every ten years. Now that is frightening, isn't it?
2: Oh my goodness! Yes.
0: So think about you know their ability to keep up with with how governments run and operate when it's much easier to um, you know listen to a social platform that is going to tell you lies that, you know, um, are the lies that you want to
2: hear. You know, Pat, we're coming to the end of the segment. segment I swear, this the show goes by. It just flies. I, I can't believe it. So I'd like any last words you have, and also if you could give us the website, how they can get a hold of you, and anything else that you'd like to share.
0: Yeah, I, I, first of all, I'd like to give them the uh, uh, California State Democratic Party, uh, uh central committee's website and that is cadem, c a d e m .org on that you will find the, the party platform the bylaws all of our officers et cetera. i've given you the um, the county website i'll repeat it sonoma dems .org if anyone would like to send me an email um they can reach me at chair C-H-A-I-R at Sonoma Democrats dot org, and we do have a phone number. You will get an answering machine. We're all volunteers, so we're not, you know, uh, actively answering our phone as it rings. That number is 707 And you know, obviously, I'd like to end this the way we started it. Uh, I will not repeat Dr. King's I Have a Dream, and and I would never do it justice. But um, I have a book that I purchased when I was Pat, in Washington. Pat, Pat,
2: Pat, Pat, you're going to have to give me that. We're going to have to say goodbye now because the clock All is right. just running. All right, so if
0: I, could, if I could quote Dr. King.
2: Go ahead, real quick.
0: Hatred paralyzes life. Love releases it. Hatred confuses life. Love harmonizes it. Hatred darkens life. Love illuminates it.
2: Well, thank you so much, Pat Sabo, chair of the... Sonoma County Central Committee. Thank you so much for being on Women's Spaces. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz. I want to thank you very much for watching. And remember, our children is the future, and we must never lose sight of that. The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 18, 2021.